0: It's a big good morning around the country or whatever time of the day you are listening to this podcast. If you saw our last edition of Step Outside with Paul Burt, episode 18, season three, we went out targeting wahoo, a species of fish that we didn't catch that day. We actually caught yellowfin tuna. But I did promote on the show, on our podcast, we'll be talking to an expert in the field, a good mate of mine by the name of Timmy Harris. He's online right now. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning, mate. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, buddy. Uh, mate, I got you at a good time this morning. I, I appreciate your uh, your time because I thought you might have been out fishing, uh, which is well. I wish you'd like I was.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was, mate. But unfortunately, work takes precedence.
0: It certainly does, mate. Um, spent a lot of time growing up with you fishing out off uh, various reefs off the east coast of Australia, targeting wahoo, one of the fastest, uh, I guess, fish in the ocean, apart to a certain speed of sailfish, but. Um, but that particular fish is uh, is one that's very close to you. Tell me about the wahoo, mate.
1: Well, what I love about the wahoo is you've already men- mentioned it, the speed. They're an absolutely crazy, exhilarating fish to catch. And whether you're catching them on topwater stuff or trolling, uh, you know, they're just amazing.
0: One thing I notice is when you do catch the fish if you if you're out there trolling because they they come down with that east coast current and they're normally obviously a pelagic fish a surface feeding fish is that the, the wahoo when you hook up to a, a another species in the ocean around that particular school of fish sometimes you'll get mahi mahi you'll get mac tuna you'll get other mackerel species you'll get the wahoo and you'll get a marlin whatever but if you hook onto something different the reel the ratchet will just vibrate out okay you know the, the screws will be intact and all that on the side plate of the reel but then when you hook a wahoo it's like the world is going to end because it's going to blow up the reel is just about to go nuts the vibrating screws oh, will push sure. out. it's you can really for tell sure. the difference can't you oh
1: uh, instant yeah you, you can be trolling and and because wahoo we, we we most of the time we troll at quite high speeds uh always above 12 knots to 15 knots and there's there's another reason for that we can go into but yeah when you get the initial first hit from the wahoo you know the rod buckles over the line starts to peel and then it just goes into the next gear and you know sometimes the rod you know almost bounces in the rod holder as it's having a coronary as the, as the line's peeling off you know and yeah you know, these fish these fish are fast like a slow hit would be sixty kilometres an hour, and a fast hit is probably above eighty kilometres an hour. It's just phenomenal. It's crazy.
0: It's and that's exactly it. i You know, you're painting the perfect picture of what Wahoo fishing is like. And I wish I could have portrayed that over the TV the other day. I think we did hook onto a couple that got eaten by sharks, but mate, having that particular species and targeting it correctly is what it comes down to because you know you can spend all the money on the boat the day out the fuel the sun cream the bait the tackle the lures but in the end if you don't put it all together it's like a an ingredient like making a cake if you miss out on the flour or you miss out on the eggs or the water or whatever it might be it's not going to work and that's the case oh, for sure Bahu.
1: for sure Look, you can have all the gear and no idea and and and, you know, we all know it. We still would have catched no fish. Mate, so you've, you've, got, you've got to time it right, and the water temperature's got to be pretty good, and, and they're the things we can talk about for sure.
0: Mate, tell me about Wahoo in the sense of the, the, the what they want to eat. What is the lure of choice by you? Skirt or bib?
1: Look... I'm an each way, I'm an each way bet kind of a man. I, I like throwing a skirt out, and I like throwing a, a diver out as well. Heard um, that
0: about a you, lot
1: mate. of the, a, a lot of the time when I fish, <laughs> a lot of the time when I fish, uh, there's only two of us in the boat. Um, some people like trolling four rods in a nice pattern. Uh, Jace, who I go fishing with regularly, he, he likes trolling two, um, and there's, there's a reason for that. Uh, you know, often or not, wahoo. Uh, are hanging out with other schools of fish and, and hanging out with tuna and, and different things. And, and sometimes that can be mac tuna and we really don't want to catch the mac tuna. So, so when you put four rods out, once you hit a school, you've got two blokes on a rod, you know, on, on, on the boat, there's four rods out. Four, four of the rods go off, you know, and, and it's just mayhem. There's rods going in different direction. We're tripping over each other. We're just dropping stuff, and and it can get frustrating. So we fish with two rods, yeah. and depending on the day, um, we might start the day with uh, skirts going fast at fifteen knots, yeah. and uh, what what that does as well is is the mac tuna, and primarily where we fish off Tweed here, the mac tuna. Don't really like a really fast-moving trolled skirt, and and for that reason, you troll a bit bigger skirt and troll it fast, and you can kind of weed through the mac tuna and and target the wahoo a bit easier.
0: And and I guess that's an important part of it, isn't it? If you, it's all about speed, getting to the to the to the spot quick. If you see birds diving, is that a key sign of where the wahoo could be? Birds diving, baitfish showering, or anything like that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, 1,000%. And often or not, it might be just a few birds, not heaps of birds. And you'll, you'll see there'll be like three or four birds chasing maybe a small school of slimy mackerel or something like that. And, you know, uh, there might be only two or three or four wahoo following that school of, of mackerel. And then if you buzz past with, you know, a, a Halco Laser Pro Diver or, or a surface uh, skirt, you, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll turn and, and hit your lure
0: Okay, so we're, we've we're out on the boat. We've got ourselves some Halco One Ninety Laser Pros in the two meter plus. Uh, Color preference f- for you? Uh, d-
1: d- again, depending on year, uh, I-, I like the gold, and also because we get some yellowfin around here as well, small uh, what we call tic tac yellowfin. They're only like two or three kilos, yep. and the wahoo eat those, and so we've done very well on uh, the the. Um, yellow fin colour of the of the one ninety Laser Pro.
0: Yeah, that is a that is a fantastic colour. And also the standard old blue pilchard colour is not a bad one either. I think yeah, that's a good you can't colour beat it. no you just keep that in yeah. your tackle box. Mate, um so, would you put wire or do you go mono?
1: Uh, we always use wire. Uh you know in our area the fish tend to be in that twenty to thirty kilo range and and they do Deep throat it quite a bit. Sometimes, you know, a fish won't fight very much purely because they've just absolutely engulfed the lure, which uh, unfortunately for them, it it ends their life. But gracefully for us, we get an amazing feed. But uh, wire, definitely. We use like 150-pound wire on our lures um, because we do get bitten off.
0: Do you go single strand or do you go seven strand, 49 strand? What's the sort of piano wire? What do you do?
1: Yeah, we we use forty nine strand, so yep. uh, it, I I feel it just gives you a bit more protection, and the, the probably the technical reason for using something like that is because it because it's moving so much, and say so when when you're trolling a helco, the vibration through that single strand, if you're using a single single strand two hundred or or whatever, it can uh, wear over time, and I've had I've had the single strand snap just with a lure on it, you know, yeah, and wow. the, and. And so that's that's fatigue. It's like fatiguing the wire through the vibration, and the and the, the uh, multi-strand 49 49-strand 49 wire doesn't necessarily do that.
0: It's a good point. What about uh, on your reel? Do you prefer braid or monofilament on these fish? Because they they are hitting pretty pretty quick when you're moving. You know, say fourteen to fifteen knots in one direction, which is about twenty-five kilometers yep. an hour, and the fish is hitting at sixty k's plus in the other direction, generally across. Yep. Uh, you know, yep. so we've got an eighty-kilometer, and then you've got that initial punch. What, what's your preference? Yeah,
1: like, it, that's actually a really good question because Jason, he is monofilament through and through. Like he just hates braid; doesn't necessarily like the feeling of braid. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is because it's got no stretch you end up uh, feeling every head shake and every movement of that wahoo. And he doesn't like that feeling because he, he, he feels he pulls the hooks on fish. Yeah. And yet I'm the opposite. I like it crazy and wild. And, like, the braid, you feel every tailbeat of that fish and, like, yeah. the, the rod goes nuts when the, the first initial hit is, is amazing. But to, to counteract the braid, I use a bit longer leader. So, using the long mono monofilament leader of at least 10 meters, if not 15 meters, that gives me a nice stretch leader to take that shock shock out. So, that that 10 or 15 meters of of uh, 80 or 100 pound mono gives me that that stretch I need.
0: Mate, that's a that's a really good point there because uh, obviously no stretch in braid, you do need to have that little bit of a cushion effect uh, down towards the pointy yeah. end. So um, having yeah. that that length there is going to uh, eliminate that that shock value to start with, um, mate. What about That's the right. yeah. what, what about the hooks itself? Um, do you keep because uh, you know a lot of the, the lures that you buy obviously come pre-rigged, ready straight out of the box. Put them on the line. Do you like yeah. those VMCs that generally come rigged on the on the halcos or whatever they might be, or do you like to change them up to say yeah. owner or yeah, sure, sure.
1: Like, sure. like I, I, I've caught. Literally hundreds of Wahoo on a a Helco Laser 90 Pro, 190 Pro, straight out of the packet. Yep. Like a thousand of them. Yes, yep. I've bent one or two hooks, yep. but that's pretty rare. I've never really, you know, it hasn't been a consistent thing that, that people talk about. Like I know a lot of people talk about things like that, but really this day and age, the lures are, are so good now. And with the VMC hooks, they're, they're up there and, and, you know, there's no need to, but what I have done in the past, I have swapped them over to large singles and and put a large oh, okay. a couple of seven o singles on them, um, and just to see the difference in hookup rate. And I've had, I've had some really good hookups with uh, the singles in the corner of the jaw, so they seem to slide out, uh, especially if you're releasing fish too, because sometimes you'll get schools of and you might catch 10 in a day, and you don't want to take 10 home. You're only taking two, yep. and you're releasing fish. So yep. changing them over to bigger singles helps you release the fish a bit nicer anyway.
0: That's a really good point there because uh, you know a lot of the lures, particularly the bibless lures, uh, are you know, rigged up with singles straight out of the packs as well. So that's a yep, good point. Obviously, right. the Halco 190 will swim uh, okay yep. with, a, with a single hook, providing it's not that's too right. big.
1: That's right. you just got to weight it right. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't want to weight it too much tail heavy because it'll, it'll swim weird. And, and they tend to pop out of the water at about seven or eight knots. You want it to go quicker than that. So uh, you do need them to dig in.
0: Mate, what about the length of the trace? Uh, we'll get back onto the trace there. How long should the trace be? Because I know people will be writing this down. They'll be stopping, playing, pausing. When it comes to the yeah. trace, how long should the trace be?
1: I don't use much more than 500 millimetres. Like, there's no really need to. Yeah. Um I, I have the, one complication with using a trace is on the top of the trace we, we often use a a large swivel and if that swivel at any time if you hook up to a fish and that swivel breaks the surface it creates a bubble trail in front of the lure or in front of the fish that that's hooked up and another fish can come through and bite the top of your trace we've had that happen before yeah but but rarely. So, you know, the shorter trace, I, I feel, is better for that scenario. If you're already hooked up to a fish, a shorter trace doesn't break the surface, and so therefore you, you minimise the risk of another fish biting you off.
0: And that's a really good point, because normally uh, when it comes to your, your traces, and then obviously, you know, I'd use a, a ball-bearing swivel or black crane rolling swivel. It's yeah. got to be, you know, small. Yep. Small is good, because small, you can still get them upwards of around 70 or 80 kilograms in weight. As in a break, Yeah, and that's straight. all you need. That's more than enough. Yeah. But the the addition that you put on top of that, uh, you can go uh, obviously a snap swivel. But then that starts that little swivel then turns into two inches long because you got the other swivel Certainly. with the clip. Yeah. So maybe an yeah. idea is to eliminate that snap and tie your fluorocarbon leader directly to that yeah. smaller swivel.
1: Yeah, I, that that's exactly how I do it. And and the other reason for that is. Because Wahoo hit so damn hard, you know, they, they, they will find any weakness in your setup. So whether that's your connection from the, the main 49 strand to the lure itself or the connection from the leader to your monofilament, any weakness there, it's game over. So the more you can do to minimize the risk of weakness in any part of that whole setup, the better. So, yeah, I, I just do run straight to a swivel and then straight my mono goes straight onto that swivel.
0: Mate, um, drag setting, where do you put it? Do you go lever drag or do you go uh, like a star drag?
1: Um, we use both. Uh, obviously, we've got all, all sorts of fishing gear, but, yeah, I, I do like a lever drag. That type of a setup is, is just nice to use when you're trolling. Um, and you can very accurately set up your drag and so depending on what you're using like when i'm using uh you know 15 or 30 30 kilo braid i tend to use a little bit less drag than i would if i was using say 30 kilo mono and so there's a there's a finer point there with a mono because it has more stretch you need to run more drag to set the hook so that's a a big thing when it comes to really comes down to what you're using on how much drag you're going to actually apply.
0: Yeah, and also rod length, because if you're going for a... a, a I've seen a lot of guys out there trolling with long rods, uh, and obviously if you get a fish hitting at speed, if it's not a good make, there's a good chance of breaking it.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, 100%. And I don't mind a longer rod. Like, the, the a longer rod with a really nice taper ratio, and it has a little bit of a softer tip, that softer tip will be bent a little bit, while you're trolling and then when a fish hits it it really loads up nicely Mm. a short rod like a short 24 kilo setup they're more like a broomstick so you can appreciate that angle of the rod when it's trolling it's it's barely even bent at all so it's not loaded up at all so therefore when a fish hits it at like you know 80 kilometers an hour it's very abrupt and very you know pretty Pretty yeah. crazy when it happens, right. but I feel I feel it, it's better on a slightly longer rod with a softer tip.
0: Mate, Um, leading into a, a longer rod with a softer tip, do you prefer to have it more on the angle down low? Because you can get the rod holders that angle your rods out to the side, like a, I guess like game poles on a boat, is that they can lower out to the side, therefore your rod is more parallel to the water rather than vertical. And it gives your lure it, a little bit more depth.
1: Yeah, we we. We 100%. That is how we fish. So you can from 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 Anaconda or anywhere else we can. You can buy the rod holders that click into the rod holders of your boat. Yeah. And and they're horizontal. You can get them at. You can get them at. Actually, you can get them at multiple different angles. So it's more parallel to the water, or 10 degrees, 20 degrees, 30 degrees off the water. But as you say, especially when you when you're using diving lures, it helps the lure hold into the water and. Um, Especially in rough conditions, if, if you get a bit of a 20-knot southerly and there's a bit of swell on and a bit of roll, you know, those helcos will pull up because they're only two metres under the surface. As you go through a swell, they'll kind of pop out the back of the wave and tangle. Yes. So using your rod horizontally, uh, you know, gives you that extra – if you've got a seven-foot rod, yeah. it's horizontal now. It's not poking up in the sky. So you gain that extra metre or more of, of depth yes. and it helps your lure stay in the water and not pop out if there's swell around.
0: Mate, um, if there is swell about, do you put your lures out far on a calm day or in close on a calm day? Do you put them out far on a rough day or in close on a rough day?
1: Look, it's one of those situations where you just assess it on the day uh, because with swell, with wind, everything changes. And when, when running diving lures, it is better to run them back a bit further um, the further you go back, the less angle on your line, so it'll, it'll drag in easier. Yeah. Um, in close, they can definitely pop out a bit more, especially in rough conditions when you're trolling at, say, 15 knots. Um, so, yeah, definitely a bit further when it's rougher. You can bring them in a bit closer when it's smooth. Uh, and also when it's smooth, uh, there's not, if there's not much condition, it's kind of good to have your lures in closer and in the wake of the boat. You know, so then your, your lures are coming in and out of that clear water, and then into the wake of the boat as you're turning. Yep. And then so that that helps as well.
0: I have seen a lot of fish with the wahoos. Um, if you're visually looking at the back of your engine, in, in, normally I'd put like a hex head, which is the uh, the skirted lure, but with a or a jet head. It's got the metal head on it that keeps it under, not a resin head because they're pretty hard to tow at fourteen knots. Is yeah. if you keep one right in the prop wash, and if you're visually looking at the back of the boat, you'll see the the fish generally jumping from right to left. I don't know why they do that. Yes, um, yep. right to left, but they jump out of the water, and it happens so fast. Like if you blink at that moment, you, you may miss it. Yes, but right in that prop wash, like four feet behind the engine, and and these yep. these things are just bouncing. Like they're 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 quite a cunning fish, yet um, a little bit silly in the sense that they're coming in that close to the boat. Do you think?
1: Oh, I, I, I believe it. I, I don't know what it is, but like, you know, I've got mates who uh, absolutely love trolling a short corner, and the short corner is less than five meters from the back of the boat. And, and uh, you know, those Wahoo are coming up right next to the back of the motor, and, and they'll come through and, and slam a lure. And I don't know whether it's the frequency of the motor. They're, they're coming up to check it out or something um, and then while they're there they see your lure and they slam it so you know marlin are similar too you can get marlin on the short corner which is really close which I find fascinating
0: yeah that's, that's right but again it's it's one of those things if you, you just got to sit there and look you know think about whatever but just look in that spot try not to take your eyes because that's the one thing that frustrates the hell out of me is if you're out trolling and then you get someone coming up beside you because, you know, you're you're in the helm driving, you're looking around, watching out for other boats because it's not just you fishing an area for Wahoo. There are other people out there as well. Sometimes <laughs> no. it's a car park. Not, not on nine mile, mate. Nine miles like Pitt Street in the middle of Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> it is these days. But, you know, and then, then I'll, someone comes up beside you and they just start chatting. They're looking around with you and thinking, dude, you need to be looking at the back of the boat. You need to... Because, you know, your yeah. lures, lures can foul up if you're doing a turn or anything like that. And you know, you got to watch that if your drag is not being pulling out because you're travelling down a swell and your line's releasing a little bit because your drag's not tight enough.
1: And, and we haven't spoke about people cutting off your lures. That happens all the time, Paul.
0: What do you do there, Timmy?
1: Sides <laughs> <laughs> so chasing oh, well, down what, with a gaff. See, you know, I'm not sure this. This is a bit of a family-friendly show. I'm not not sure whether we can go down that route, mate. <laughs> look, <laughs> look. To be honest, I, I, there's a funny story. I I had a friend called Mario. Hey, Mario, if you're listening, uh, he's a, he's a wild Czechoslovakian, and some of the stories that came out of his boat when people cut his l- lures off were uh, pretty funny. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> mate. And it, it is like that, isn't it? Because uh, you know you. <laughs> Generally, if you go to an area that's uh, shaped like an oval or a kidney bean or whatever it might be, which is the, the reef, the top of the reef, a lot of these structures that hold while, who are underwater seamounts that push up from the bottom, yeah. current hits them. We'll get into that in a sec. But it, it's people troll in a direction of choice. However, when you go there, yes. if you see the flow of the, of the, uh, of the, the traffic, don't go against the grain. Right, because well, then you know <laughs> that that's the hard part, isn't it? Really.
1: Uh, look, it, and for people at home who who haven't really trolled, let's picture a football field. So we're we're got a football field of reef, and we're all the 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 current is running from one end to the other end of the reef. Right. So that you know we are trolling sometimes we troll with the current and against the current depending on what the fish are doing yep. but then there's some uh, people who don't know what they're doing we call them nfis no flipping idea <laughs> and they're driving a, around and around the uh, you know the football oval you know kind of like they're looking for a car park you know and 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 you know we're trolling from north to south with the current they're they're trolling from east to west and yeah if you've got, if you see, if you're out there and you're learning to troll, if you see 10 boats going from north to south, do what they're, do what they're doing. Don't do the opposite. Don't go from side to side. You know, come on.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> happens a Crazy. lot. We know that. We know that. It's terrible. Mate, Um, w- when we're talking about, uh, you know, Pitt Street, people out there trolling, if trolling's not firing, is there another way you can catch a wahoo? What about a stick bait or a popper?
1: Yeah, certainly. Stick baits, poppers, and jigs. You can catch them on all, all of the above. Uh, and and to be honest, when you do get traffic on reefs, uh, you'll you'll often see schools of wahoo, people are catching them, there might be five or ten caught from different various boats, and then the fish will push lower. So, uh, for instance, on Nine Mile, it drops off on the southern side and on the eastern side quite to quite deep water, about 60 metres, yep. and you'll see the fish early in the morning up at 10 or 15 metres below the surface you'll pop a few off, you'll get them, and then they'll push deep. And then then you've got to change your strategy to try to wake them up. And often often or not, uh, I got a 19 kilo one, one day where we couldn't get them on the troll at all. We stopped the boat, we could see them on the sounder. I threw a big stick bait and literally, I, I wound it about five times and a wahoo come firing out of the water. You know, and, wow. it, and it is it is the case where you might have 10 boats trolling and no one's getting anything, but you can see the fish so that's the time where you change your tactics, uh, put a jig onto the bottom and pull a jig through them or or get a popper out and, and see if you can, a s- slow moving popper will, will, uh, with a good rattle will work them up to the surface.
0: Mate, it's, it's seriously incredible when you start thinking about the intricacies of targeting Wahoo. Uh, and, and no wonder that day, uh, you mentioned Yellowfin in this particular talk. Um, you know, yep. it's a great staple diet of Wahoo. Um, yeah. you know, and we were out on the reef and we'll showcasing the program recently and you've done a lot of trips with us out to you know, out to the Swains Reefs and around the country on yeah. many different occasions. And it comes down to the food source that the fish eat. And if you can match the hatch of what they're eating, um, uh, you know, you're okay. you you'll, you'll, you'll yeah. there's a better chance That's of catching that. a fish. And that where we were out on wreck on reef recently is, you know, we we're catching more Yellowfin than Wahoo because, you know, the, yep. the fin were there. We did get Wahoo, which is coming up in an episode after the Olympics airs. So, but it, it we changed our tactics and, and I can't wait yeah. to, to show that as to how we got away from the Yellowfin, but still trolled through the Yellowfin and nailed the Wahoo. So that'll be a, an interesting, yeah. interesting one there. Mate, time cool. of the year to target uh, Wahoo along the East Coast and the West Coast of the country?
1: Well... Summer, summer, they love they love hot water. So we've found anything between about 20, 21 degrees and 30 degrees is going to be wahoo around. Uh, for us here on the Gold Coast, uh, you know the season starts when that when that warm current starts to pull down the coast and 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 flush some warm water. And of, of course, with the warm water, the 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 slimies come down there and and the bait fish turn up. And when the bait fish turn up, the wahoo aren't far behind. Uh, the interesting thing with wahoo is Especially here on the Gold Coast, in the in the later autumn months. So we catch wahoo all season uh, through the summer. Uh, early in the summer, you'll get them, you know, ten or fifteen kilos. Sort of is a, is maybe the average size. And then continuing through summer, they get bigger going into autumn. So our favourite time is is around my birthday in April. Yeah. So April, when the water temperature drops again, those bigger fish come through, and and they are on on the closer reefs, but also you know on that 80 to 100 meter meter line out wider is where the where the big girls lay and and cruise around so but by that time of year they're solitary so you might only find them in schools of two or three or four but they're much bigger fish
0: mate and that's and that's the thing because uh, certain times of the year you'll you'll notice the growth rate because they do grow fast
1: oh, incredibly they do... fast they're, they're incredible
0: how how um what is the the, the time duration you know like how far south will they go? Will you get them down off Sydney? Probably a bit too far. Port, Port Macquarie, maybe.
1: Well, uh, they do. Yeah. Um, occasionally, they've been found in Tasmania too. So, really? so it's, wow. they're they're uh, they're one of the most spread fish across our our planet, really. Yeah. Uh, they're in all they're in all oceans. There's a couple of different species of them that I don't know much about, but they're genetically a, a couple of variances in Wahoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they they can be. In water down to 20 degrees. So, in peak of summer, the, wherever that warm water goes south, they will continue. So they've been caught off Sydney. They've been caught off of Tasmania, uh, mainly the east coast of Tasmania uh, yep. and the top tip. Um, but yeah, they're an incredible fish. Talking about growth rates, like mate, they, they grow faster than me and you. You know, it's quite incredible. Uh, <laughs> you know, they they grow a metre a year. Wow. They they can be they can be uh, you know, 10 kilos or something like that. Mahi-mahi are another fish that grow very similar speed. But also when breeding, like the breeding part of it really is something that I'm interested in. Uh, When you're talking about a a, a fish that they replenish the stocks of, of their fish very quickly you know these these uh the breeding of the wahoo is quite interesting they all breed up in the coral sea somewhere
0: yep
1: uh and the females can lay between 500 and 6 million eggs over a few days which just wow. it just blow it just blows wow. my mind it's incredible uh you know but obviously out of those if if out of those six million only probably one percent uh, get past all the yeah. all the things that want to eat them until they're until they're an adult. Yeah. But uh, they're a very short-lived fish too. They they only grow on average like five or six years, and they're they're already 20 25 kilos by then. Wow! Um, I think the o- the oldest one they've caught, uh, and I think that was done by the Australian CSIRO. They they got one uh, in conjunction with Marine. Was uh, I think in like nine years or something? It was crazy. So. We- 9 years is a very old fish in wahoo. Yeah. but when you relate that back to someone like your bread and butter species like a a, like a brim yeah like That's a, right. a 25 yeah like a 25 to 30 centimetre brim is 20 years old
0: it's incredible yeah. yeah it's it, it's at, yeah the growth rate of different species but I do notice that a lot of the growth rates of fish that move down with the east coast currents are pelagic fish because the pelagic fish yeah. a lot of pelagics particularly tuna they don't have that swim bladder they've got to keep keep yep. moving or they sink die because they'll get eaten by a shark they've got to keep moving therefore they need the energy so they've got to keep feeding therefore yep. the, the weight of a tuna generally has to consume a third of its weight and body weight in food per day to keep just to yeah. keep alive so their That's growth right. rate Wah- is fast Wah-
1: yeah wahoo are no different and 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 for us as a fisherman or a fisher person we we that's that's a blessing because we know they're voracious they're hungry like they're just hungry all the time so they you know even when they've had 10 slimy mackerel they're still hungry they're still going for it so that's why we can catch them on lures and and it, and it's a wonderful thing for us
0: timmy i've got to say thank you very much for your time this morning mate or today i really appreciate it. you've given a no great worries, insight mate knowledge on wahoo and i knew you would be the bloke to go to because you know this is why we have you on our program because you know no you're, you're a wealth of knowledge and you know a lot about a lot of stuff when it comes to to fishing and just about anything in general really but mate um the wahoo i appreciate your time and uh everyone there you have it mr timmy harris A.K.I. the fish guy AKA, you've seen him on our show, Step Outside, and you'll see him, uh, of course, down the track as well. When we return from the Olympics, so we have got a six-week uh, break there, Timmy, from being on air, but you can still catch up on the 7 Plus app side as well, mate. All good, man. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you very much. Enjoy your day out in the water.
1: Thanks, mate. See you soon.
0: There you have it. There you have it, everybody. That's Timmy Harris. Uh, joining us this morning, it's a very fascinating topic, the old wahoo, because, uh, you know, they're a great fish to catch, and at the same time, You are well rewarded with one giant big slab of fillet straight onto the table. There you have it. So we'll have to catch you next time on the Step Outside podcast. And as we always love to say, take it easy and may your rod bend off.